How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Joe. Who Vango. Yes. That was lovely, Mark. Thank you. It's just Thank you every. Very much. Every time you do it, it's great. And it's just, just, it's a wonderful way to start the show. You know, you've been doing that since you've come on as my co-host. It's incredible. That's right. Every time. Every single time. I love it. Every Organic, time. Organic every time. Not, really never is. the same. It's never the same. It's, it's never the same. It's true. We could, we could put them back to back to back and each one would be different. The beauty of it. That's what the beauty of life is. Every moment right. is actually different. Yeah, you can't recreate a single moment. Isn't that amazing if you think about that? And that's why you have to live it right now because you can't recreate it. I'm a little sad. Actually, I'm very sad. Um, a very good friend of mine passed away yesterday. Uh, he was actually one of the co-hosts earlier in the Dr. Joe show. And it just, it's, it's worth just remembering Jim Quine and all the people that he reminded uh, of their value, all the people that he believed in. Um, you know, he wound up as a special ed teacher uh, and so many kids, I'm sure, are grateful for what he did. And so I, I wanted to just mention him because we're about to embark on a discussion tonight that I think is really important. Um, there was an election. There was an election right here in the United States. And millions and millions and millions of people made a small change because they knew that they control no one but influence everyone. That's what voting is. A small change that can have an enormous influence and that's what I wanted to talk about tonight, because we are an amazing, amazing country that has an opportunity every day to come together, every day. And I really want to talk about it because there's so much polarization. There's so much red and blue and this and that. And come on, let's, let's talk about why we think that's happening from our own little bubble right here in our Dr. Joe show world and Let's apply the I am approach to it. Let's apply an I am approach. Remember, the I am is saying we're always doing the best we can. We always are doing the best we can at every moment in time, our current maximum potential. At this moment, I'm doing the best I can with the potential to change in the very next second to another best I can. But I'm influenced by four domains. My home domain, my social domain, which is the rest of the world, those two domains are outside. The two internal domains, my biological domain of my brain and body and my IC domain. How do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? But a system has an I am. Our country has an I am. 
The United States is our home. Our social domain is our interaction with the rest of the global world. Our IC domain is how we see ourselves as a country and how we think others see us as a country. And our biological domain are each and every one of us and each of us has an IM. So let's take the IM lens and apply it for a little bit to this topic because it's a hot one right now and we're not going to just ignore it. So that's what I want to talk about. So With what the, happened? So <laughs> what happened last week? What happened? What do you think happened, Mark? Is it, is it over yet? Can I, can I start watching the news again? Tell me, how come you haven't been watching the news? <clears throat> it's painful. Yeah. It's divisive. Yeah. It's, uh, it's toxic. It's addictive. It doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. All of those things. And you know what? At the end of the day, none of it really affects me. I certainly can't control any of it. But at the same time, so Wednesday morning, I'm going to paint a little picture for you. Wednesday morning, the night after the election, when people were up late, chewing on their fingernails for whoever they were hoping would win. And we do a call every morning on my team at 930. And you could see the tension. You could see the stress. One of the things we, we talk about is um, no politics, right? Because somebody's going to get upset, right? And you don't know who it is, but chances are if you start talking politics, there's a 50% chance somebody's going to be upset with the conversation. So no politics, but you could tell that people were stressed out. And I wanted to share with them unequivocally that no matter who our president of the United States is, it will have zero effect on Styles Law, on our team, on our family, on what we're doing and, and why we're doing it. It doesn't matter. So please just kind of understand that as you walk through these doors or zoom in or log on that we're going to thrive regardless and we're going to continue serving people and doing the best that we possibly can. Whoever is sitting or that has the title of president of the United States. And I, you could see like a collective, like, okay, mm. few thanks. Right. Mm. But it's true, you know, and I think I've got, and that's the most peaceful part of it for me is, you know, it, it, I kind of go back to uh, John McAfee, one of our, our favorite guests. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't really matter at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Like, why are we getting all worked up and stressed out about this? Well, that's that's exactly what I want to talk about and find out. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that's terrific, Mark, that, that you can influence your your family at work like that and just let them know that everyone's safe, that, that, that we're still going about our business and doing what we need to do to help right. other people. You, know? you don't need to be afraid that the other person's going to win, right? I don't know who that other person is in your specific, you know, mind, but... It won't matter if that happens, whatever it is. But I'm not asking you what it is. But don't worry. Don't right. be afraid. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah. And, and yet somehow it feels like there are winners and losers. It feels like, you know, we've, we've, we've divided into these two teams and there's always, it's with any game, there's somebody has got to win and someone's got to lose. And that mentality is really fascinating because there's a lot of, of biological underpinning to it. There's a lot of evolutionary underpinning to it. We are, we are individuals that want to be part of a group because the group is protective. We've, we've spoken about this so many times that that's why value is so important in our world. If you have value, you get to be part of a group. And when you're part of a group, you are safer. The thing is, we create one group, and then all of a sudden, there's an in-group and an out-group. All of a sudden, wait, wait, what about, what about that group over there? Am I safe from that group? Is that group now going to do something? That's part of what we have in the world. It's part of who we are as human beings, but we don't need to stay there anymore. Because once you understand it, you can do something about it. You don't need to live in this sense that we are divided groups. We're one group, it's called humanity. And that's what the I am is saying. If everybody is interested in the same thing, which is just to feel valued by somebody else, why do we feel that that person will devalue me if they are doing something that I don't like? I mean, I know it sounds sort of, you know, silly, like Dr. Joe. I mean, that's silly, of course. You know, but why is it silly? Why is it so silly? Because I think people have a hard time believing it. Because they've chosen sides. Because some of the people have chosen sides. Right. And what's the, the long-term logical outcome of choosing sides? Is that there's a winner and a loser. There doesn't need to be. You know? So what do we do with our political system? How do you fix that? because we only have two options. And it seems as though the country was razor thin on their differences. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 we talked about this a little last week. I think it was off air and not on the actual show, but um, you know, basically 50% of the country voted for one person and 50% of the country voted for the other person, but yet they're very different philosophies they're very different people that to me tells me that the system is broken how, how does that how does that translate to that mark i'm interested what about the people that want to choose somebody else hmm. right there's no other option you're either on the red team or the blue team right and there's a, there's a little bit of an independent team and there's a little bit of a libertarian team. But they don't have the funding to get to the end of the game. Hmm. It is fascinating. and It still comes down to different groups and group mentality. And somehow if I'm not in this group and I've lost, then I'm at risk. And I think that's the part that really we need to address. Because... If there's a whole, if there are 70 plus million people who think that they are at risk because their candidate lost, 
that's really a problem. Well, it really separates our group, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, and creates potential problems. That's right. But then we have to step back and look at it again. I would much rather know why somebody voted for Trump versus Biden than say, well, if you voted for one or the other and I voted for the other one, then you know we don't have anything in common. No, 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 I, I wanna know. I wanna know what what is it that that motivated you to do that. That's what the I am is about. Let's look again at why we do what we do without that judgment. That is a challenge. That's a challenge though that I think we can all meet. But we have to meet it because right now we have a country that says 70 plus million people wanted this candidate and 70 plus million wanted that candidate and one of them won. Does that mean that all of a sudden we can't have a United States of America? I don't think so. I don't think so. We, we've, ha we've had, you know, presidential elections for a long time. Why does this one seem so different? Why does it seem so different? Go well, on. I think that I, I think it goes to the fact that I was saying that they're, they're so very different candidates. They're so far from one another, yet the country is divided right down the middle. So that means that there's a group of people that are thinking one way and another group of people that are thinking very differently in theory, right? Because that's what the polls are showing. And that's dangerous because that's a one easy line in the sand, not a varying degree of lines. It's one line in the sand. I'm on that team, you're on that team. Now what? Do you remember when there was that horrible shooting um, not too many years ago uh, and a senator was shot and some other congressmen were shot? On a softball field? On a softball, right. Yeah. Um, and then they had the softball game. They had the game where the Democratic team and the Republican team played the game against each other. And I had actually written an op-ed on that because I thought that was an opportunity for us to send a message. Why not just have a Democrat playing first base and a Republican at shortstop and another Democrat in left field and a Republican behind the plate? They had an opportunity at that moment to merge those two softball teams and send a message to our country that it's not about are you a Republican or a Democrat? It's that we are one country and we have to come together. We really have to. Look, I started off tonight talking about my friend who's passed. It has put so much in perspective for me because what is really important? Do you really think that a person who voted for Donald Trump who loses someone that they care about is not going to feel anything? Of course they are. Do you really think if you voted for President 
uh, for, for, for Joe Biden, Vice President Biden, and somebody dies, that that person isn't going to feel something? Come on. That's what I'm trying to say. We've, we share the same emotions. We share the same needs. We share the same desire to be valued. Why does it need to be so contested? Why do we need to be so separate? It is part of our human nature. But once we're aware of it, we can do something about it. And I, I even feel like right now that, that we are sort of, even in this discussion, sort of treading lightly on it because there's such a volatility out there. We're not getting deeper into it because we are also worried. You know, how is how are people going to react to this? And that's well, how are people reacting to it right now? Peacefully. I would hope so. And they right, they are. And that that's the thing. That's what's great, right? So would that be that would that be the case if it had come out differently? Of course it would have. Mm. Oh, but you see, that's exactly the issue. So why why do you go, mm? Why uh, does it, mm because why? I don't think it would have. Really? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm I'm listening. I believe if Donald Trump had won the election, there would be um, civil unrest, of which there is none right now. Now, Donald Trump will not concede, and he will not go quietly. And he and his attorneys are putting together what the legal community is, is insinuating is almost a, uh, <clears throat> if they piece this together effectively, it would be a, it would be proving almost like a, a racketeering type of case where it's a systemic fraud. So if they piece little things together all around the country, then the court would have to say, you know what? You're right. There is there is collusion and a criminal with a criminal intent. What will happen to our country if that happens? Yeah. And the court, the the balance of powers, the judicial branch comes out and says Donald Trump is the winner. What would happen? Well, what would happen? I mean, that's that's a great question. But the the real the other side of it is people saying, well, what if there isn't this collusion and these little things here and there and this abuse of power here and there? But that is the fantasy that's being spun. That is the anxiety that is being used, the fear that is being used to elicit this particular sense of being disenfranchised and that what you voted for is not what you got. Well, and, what and if? For both sides, that's the issue, right? That that really is it. There's, there was an incredible movie called Rashomon. Did you guys ever see Rashomon, right? No. Oh, definitely worth watching. Um, it's a movie about perspective. It's a movie about perspective where there's three or four people walking through woods and they all see the same thing, but they all have a different perspective on the exact same event that happened. 
because that's who we are as human beings. We have different perspectives. But if, if this idea that somehow our government is doing whatever we can to get rid of Donald Trump. Was well, it our government or it, would it be certain people? Well, within our government, right? I don't, I don't know that the government is like a machine that moves and breathes, right? There are, there are people. Yeah. And there's, and there's some people who want to maintain their power. Right. Right. And they will, they will then potentially, um, influence other people to believe whatever they want them to believe so that they will be able to retain their power. That's really what is happening right now, is this, this idea that, how do you know what's true? How do you well, know who to believe? Well, that, I think, is the, the biggest problem right now, Right, is, the, is the, the flow of information. Right. What was that movie, that, uh, with a documentary that, that you suggested I watch? That Social I watched? Dilemma? Social Dilemma. Hmm. Right, this this idea that, that we can be influenced and our thoughts can be manipulated. That alone is a manipulation. Right. But There's then when those but but then when those companies start puppeteering, right? So they, they you watch the social dilemma and they kind of started to puppeteer the the growth hack, right? The mind manipulation. But what happens when they start to manipulate politics and censor people? I mean, that was happening. That was happening where? Uh, in the, on the interweb be, leading up to the election. Uh, on both sides, don't you think? Uh, Depending on what news you watched? No, no, I'm talking about big tech. Not, oh, okay. okay. Not, 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 not the opinion news. Okay, right. Good. But I'm talking about, you know, Twitter, Facebook those platforms with the the control that they wield you know they can influence you know mm -hmm. i don't know how i feel about it necessarily because you know there's plausible deniability there's the ability to say well we thought that this wasn't a valid story so we shot it down what what, what does that mean actually plausible deniability you're it, it, you're able to uh it was used in the clinton era a lot Mm -hmm. um it's the ability to well maybe maybe it didn't happen mm. makes sense that it didn't happen i mean i don't know so it's plausible that you can deny it but it's really walking a very thin line because most people are sitting back going yeah I don't know, but maybe, maybe they didn't know. You know, the right. Iran-Contra affairs was another, you know, plausible deniability. Well, mm -hmm. the buck stops with the leader, but yet the leader wasn't aware-ish, mm -hmm. right? Is that like, like alternate facts? Was that not? No, no, it's nothing. Nothing to do with alternate facts. Plausible deniability. You know, what do you What do you mean by alternate flag facts? Well, isn't, isn't wasn't that like one of the lines that that was used early on in in Trump's presidency that they're alternate facts? Kellyanne Conway was that the phrase? 
alternate. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't believe I ever. Heard, I heard fake news. I heard yeah, that one a lot. Yeah. You know, there. That's the great story about the rabbi. That the two men come to the rabbi, and the one says, "You know," and he gives an argument, and the rabbi says, "You're right," and the other man gives his argument, and the rabbi says, "You're right," and the rabbi's wife is there and says, "You know, rabbi, how can they both be right?" And he says, "You're right." So. But but I think I think we we are treading around this because we recognize that there is the potential for some really really scary, dangerous things to happen, um, and that. But why? Fear, but why? But why? That's what we want to find out. Why? So what is fear and anger? What are these feelings? Yeah. Anger, an emotion designed to change things. We get angry when we want somebody to see something different. We want somebody to do something different, start doing something, stop doing something, or as I said, unconsciously, see something different. I want you to see my point of view, and if you don't, then there's something wrong with you. Or flight or fear. I am too afraid to, to confront this predator, so I just want to get out of here. Then there's freeze. Can't fight the predator because I'm not strong enough. Can't get away from the predator. I'm not fast enough. I'm going to freeze and try to become invisible and hope the danger passes. And I think in humans, that's depression. Right? Fight is anger. Flight is anxiety. Freeze is depression. But we have evolved three other Fs. Family, friendship, fellowship, and as I say, if you're not very good at spelling, physician. Where we come together and we share the worry. And that's what we need to do. We need to come together and explore what is happening in our country so that we can move forward as a United States, not as a divided states. And the reason it's so important is because everybody has the same desire to be valued. And I think somebody's point of view is just as important as somebody else's. And the I am is a way for us to get there. When we can look at the I am and say, okay, so what's going on in this person's home domain, their social domain, their biological domain, the way they see themselves, the way they think other people see me, that that was a vote for Donald Trump. Or that resulted in a vote for Joe Biden. That's what we need to know. I don't think that 70 million people should be ignored. What, what is the message? Why were they so interested in this particular candidate? What, was, what did this candidate represent for them? And I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm truly, truly interested. Is it sometimes that the other candidate is so far from their belief system that they have to vote for the one that's closer? Well, that, that certainly is possible. That, that was, you know, one of the hypotheses for the last election. Yeah. And the one before that. And the one before that. Lesser of two evils was thrown around a lot 
in the election cycles in the last 20 years. Yeah, so that's a really interesting idea, isn't it? Yeah. That, you know, it's not like I'm really voting for this person. I'm just not voting for that one. I'm voting to make sure that one doesn't get in. But what does that say about our system? Right? This is the best we have to offer. But at the same token, who in their right mind would put them and their family through that political system, that, <laughs> that machine that would just chew you up? I mean, look at the Supreme Court nominees. And I mean, it's you put yourself out there, you might as well just stick your head in the guillotine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's a whole other question. You know, why would anybody want to be president of the United States? Why would you want that job? Not it. Not it. Such a huge job. Big but job. it's not even the huge job. Like, there are plenty of people who would be willing to take on, and and with good purpose, right? They want to affect change. They want to, you know, make uh, things better or it's a straight power grab and an ego and a narcissism. I think that at, at that level, I don't care if you're red, blue, purple, or green, it, it's a, it's a, it's narcissism at that level. Hmm. Like how could you get that far? Well, you have so many people helping you as well. You know, you have all these people to, to, you know, how do you become a leader? And all these people are there on your team saying, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, you know, we're, we're keep pushing you to the front, pushing you to the front, pushing you to the front. And we'll, we'll, we'll make this happen for you behind the scenes. Just make sure you remember we put you there. Uh, so we, so there is a price to pay that loyalty i mean there's a there's a whole lot of conversation that that can go into this and and you know what donald trump did expose in the last four to six years is that our political system is is broken the people are not all Again, I don't want to group everybody, just like we talked about the police officers, right? You get a couple bad apples, you can't say the police are bad. Right. That's right. But there really seems important. to there seems to be a lot of malfeasance going on in Washington where people are doing things for self selfish interests and not why we're electing them to represent us. You're there to make sure everything is going well back home where you came from don't forget mm -hmm. don't forget where you came from right you're our representative from the state of kansas now just because you're in washington and there's lobbyists and money and all sorts of things don't forget why you're there and i think people were starting to forget mm. And I think that there, there was a light shine shown on that. Drain the swamp. I mean, his, his messaging has never been great. I, don't, I think we could all agree with that. But some of the things that 
he was exposing, you know, why are people running for these high level political positions? Maybe they started out, you know, in local elections with a good purpose and maybe they always dreamed of being a United States Senator, but then some fell into the trap of the system. And it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous place. So I wonder whether people would think that Donald Trump was altruistic and that he went to Washington because he wanted just to help other people. I think there's 70 plus million or at least 50 plus million people. Maybe the other 20 just didn't want Biden to win, but there are a lot. He, he has a strong following. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people believed that he was doing it to make America great again, to expose malfeasance, to expose corruption, to, to right the ship, right? But where is the ship? Is the ship going in the wrong direction? I don't know. Again, I'm at peace because it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm still going to get up and do what I do. Right. You know? And and we are in this privileged position where we can do that. And that's that's part of what I am thinking about is all those people who who are not feeling cared for. Do you know what the, the poverty rate is in the United States? Do you know that there are almost 34 million people who live in poverty? That there are 35 million households that are food insecure? I mean... But is that, that something that's new? No, that, that, that's, that's 2019 data. I mean, that's, that's happening right now. And, and I can't help wondering whether some of those people want to see something different and right. it doesn't matter who the president is how are we going to do this how are we going without being called socialist or communist or, or other sort of label how do we redistribute the wealth how do we make it so that we don't have 30 million people living below the poverty line or 30 million households not able to get food and worrying about it well why do you think it's happening right now well that's that's exactly one of the things that it's an i am right i mean unfortunately the i am doesn't mean you have to like it but we need need to understand it what is happening i mean you know mark earlier on you said that you know perhaps it's education and that somehow on the coasts people are more educated than if they're in the middle of the country well if that's true which i don't know if it is that doesn't mean that because you're uneducated, you vote a certain way. What, what? I don't, I don't. And I, I don't and, I, and that's, and that's not, no, no, I know that's not you went, but that's why, that's why I'm clarifying that that's not what you meant. Because that's, I think, what, what people can hear. Well, you know, it's about education. The, it, again, I, I want to just keep coming back to who we are as a biological organism. We want to survive. There is no difference in what I want 
than what Mark wants, than what Ben wants, than what anybody wants. We want the same thing. We want to feel valued. The way we survive is to have value. When we're valued, we get to be part of a group. But what about when you feel that you've been disenfranchised, that you feel you're not valued by enough people, and that there's a whole group of people who see you as less than? I, I talk about this from my experience working with people in my role as a psychiatrist or as a role of person working with people with substance use. It's a small window, but it has given me a window into an understanding of what it is like for somebody to feel that other people see them as less than and broken, that other people see them with less value. It's real. We do this to other people. We call it stigma, but stigma wouldn't matter if the person you were stigmatizing didn't care, but they do care. They care what you think or feel about them. And you have an opportunity to do something different, to step back and recognize how you influence other people and what you can do. And it's not about charity. It's not about saying, well, you know, there are poor people over there, so I'm just gonna give them some food. That's not what it is. How do we bring everyone together so that we all can share in this amazing part of having opportunity, this amazing world that we live in? I don't have an answer. Well, I think you'd get the Nobel Peace Prize if you did have that answer, for sure. But the, but the I am is a roadmap to it. Yeah. That I am sure of. The I am lets us look again at why we're doing these things. And yeah, it's complicated. Even though I've broken it down into four domains, each domain itself has enormous intricacy in the way it interacts with the other. But when you step back and go, wait, if, if this person over there wants the same thing that I want, part of my brain, the ancient part is gonna kick in and say, wait, if they want what I want, what if there's not enough to go around? What if it's a limited resource? If that's the case, then I have to do something to be sure that I get what I need at their expense. Better go get that toilet paper. Right, exactly. But that doesn't have to be this way anymore. That is part of what I'm talking about. That is our limbic system. This ancient, ancient, irrational, impulsive, emotional part of our brain where memory lives. We have a new brain, a prefrontal cortex. We can think this one through. We're going to have that limbic response. It's part of who we are. It's helped us survive. But we can then stop and say, wait a sec. You know what? I really, I really would like to eat this whole sandwich. But if I only eat half the sandwich and give the other person the other half a sandwich, we both got half a sandwich. Does that then mean that I'm less than or more than? I've now increased my group. I've increased the safety of my group. There must be a way for us to use this so that we can address the problems of poverty and food distribution and healthcare and education and and systemic racism and all these things. And yeah, I know, I know, it's 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 hugely shrandiose. It's true. You know, I, I get these shrandiose ideas, but I know we can do it.
because I have faith in who we are as a species. I really do. So how do we do it? We do it by respecting each other, by talking with each other. So why did you vote for Trump? Why did you vote for Biden? Not, why did you do that? I'm going to defriend you from all of my social media platforms. Exactly. Exact same words, different intonation, different emphasis. That's who we are. So I can say, why did you vote for Trump? Or why did you vote for Trump? Or why did you vote for Trump? Right? How you say it. But if I really want to know, it's like, so I'm just, I'm just really interested. Why did you vote for Biden? I'm just really interested. Why? And then you can have a discussion. And with that discussion, you then can have some, at least a way to begin finding solutions. At the very least, common ground. At the very least, middle ground. God, it's amazing how that line was drawn in the sand. And it was so emotional leading up to that election, more so than I remember any other election. And it it broke people. It ruined friendships. Like, I'm almost happy to see that the lockdowns are, are the quasi lockdowns going into Thanksgiving. Can can you imagine the Thanksgiving dinner tables <laughs> this year? Like now, at least, at least you know, Aunt So and So is not going to be there this year. You know, with her, you know, political ranting because you know there's the COVID. Uh, this year would this year would uh, would certainly would it would take the cake for sure. Yeah. And these are family members. These are people that are from the same blood. Like, I really believe that it, it's it's all about the information you're consuming. Yeah. And right now, there is no neutral information to digest. There just isn't. There's no Walter Con- uh, Cronkite that's telling you the way it is on this day, 2020. There's a blue channel and there's a red channel. And chances are you're not consuming both. Although I did have a lot of fun in the last week going back and forth, watching them interpret the same thing completely differently. Me too. I was doing that too. It was really fascinating. It was really interesting. And then, you know, people in in the room I was watching with, some would get like really heated over one interpretation and other would say that interpretation. Isn't that but did you feel it? Did you feel it in your gut every once in a while? Like, ooh, that's not right. That's not the way I heard it on the other station. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, because where else would you get the information? You can't independently verify the stuff. Right. You're consuming what's being delivered to you. Yeah, and unfortunately, they're not saying this is our opinion. Right, exactly, which they should be. Correct. Which would be fine, because then right. then it's not news, it's an opinion. Right. right? It's entertainment at that yeah. point. Yeah. But they're oh. delivering it as fact. So half of the people are sitting here consuming what they believe to be fact, and the other half are consuming something completely different, believing it to be fact. And then they cross the street 
of course they're going to get into an argument because their belief systems are completely different, but it's because of the information they're getting. So when I was talking about the education, I was talking more about some of that type of uh, education. You know, you talk about the border, the, the gateway cities, right? Why are the gateway cities voting one way and, and middle America's voting another way? Well, it's liberal arts education, right? So you're getting a tremendous amount of liberal arts education and they migrate and they stay in that location and they, as a community, join together and continue to think together and be, that's where their comfort zone is, right? So that becomes their community. And then you have middle America, and I'm not saying they're undereducated, they're perfectly educated and, and um, you know, well-informed people, but they're, but they're with their community listening to the information that makes them and their community comfortable. That's right. And you create a divide that I really blame it on the media. I mean, it, I I hate to say it because it sounds so trite, but the reality of it is, is that there is no unbiased media sources anymore. Everybody has their bias and they're pushing their agenda. And of course this is gonna happen, of course. But the way you say it is so important because it says, and then you create a divide because the implication is that, that a divide needs to be created, which means the, the sort of intuitive thing that we have, the instinctive thing that we have is actually to be a group, right? not to be well, divided. Well, it's just like, it's just like racism, right? I mean, you're not born with hate. That's right. Somebody has to feed you with that information, right, for you to understand to take it, hold. Exactly, and that's why the I am is such a wonderful tool to use here, because it's allowing us to step back and understand that, and say, look, if everyone's doing the best they can, why? I don't have to like it, but I want to understand it, right. So yeah, why would you want your child to be racist? Right? Because it's coming from somewhere. Right. And but the person who is in that family say, but I'm not racist. I just don't like that. Okay. Well, how come? I mean, we we've had we've had Dr. Joe shows about this before. We've had it when we when we look and begin to really explore. This is another time when we need to use the I am. Our country has an I am. We're doing the best we can, but if we don't like it, we can change it, right? We're not, we're not treating anything. We can change it, and a small change has a big effect. The small change isn't just voting anymore. The small change is reaching out to your neighbor to find out why they voted the certain way they did and learn from them, not judge them, but to learn. I posted a story recently on psychology today. I would love people if they could go read it. Um, it's about one of my patients who uh, I treated who had a paralyzed left arm. This young woman was in the hospital with a paralyzed arm. There was nothing wrong with her arm. There was, there was nothing neurologically wrong. No bones were broken, no muscles problem. She just couldn't move her arm and it turned out what had happened was she had been afraid she was going to drop her baby. 
Somebody had said, careful, careful, she dropped the baby. And the next morning she woke up and she couldn't move her arm because she was afraid that she would hurt someone. And so the treatment was for her to begin understanding that. And then when her baby came to visit her in the hospital and the baby was struggling to reach her and reach her arms out, the mother just immediately reached her arms out and took her baby. We can do that. We can be paralyzed by all of this, or we can reach out to each other. I'd rather reach out to each other. Wow. So let's do it. Is our show over already? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, great show. One, one America. Let's do it. It's the I am. Bye, everybody.